Welcome to the Sunday Morning Message with Pastor Nick Stringer, brought to you from Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. Creekside Church, where the Spirit flows. Chapter 4, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 7 today. We are in our series titled Standing on Grace, and this is the second message of a four-part series, and today's message is titled, You Are a Child of God. You are a child of God. Well, I'm proud to say that she finished. You know what I'm referring to. That would be my lovely wife. She finished the marathon, all 26 miles. She did it in, what, a little over six hours, six hours and nine minutes. So very good. She walked in the door. Well, I think you call it walking. She came home walking like this. And in her possession was a big bag of candy. I said, what'd you do? Had to stop at the store and get some candy on the way home after a hard marathon run? She said, no, they were handing this out. I was like, that's your reward, really, for running a marathon, a big bag of candy. Kind of a little contradiction there. I said, do they give you waters and to drink along the way? She said, yeah, every mile marker, they gave water and they had Gatorade. And I said, wow, well, that's good. She said, yeah, they were also passing out bacon and donuts. <laughs> bacon and donuts, marathon. Okay. She said, oh, yeah, and they're also passing out beers and shots of whiskey. Uh, donuts, bacon, beer, shots of whiskey. And you're running a marathon? You know, just another great illustration of the crazy, mixed-up, wacky world we live in, right, folks? There you are. You're on the straight and narrow path, doing something good, trying to do the right thing, and you've got the world on the, out on the sidelines throwing all of this stuff at you at one time, right? And you know us. From time to time, we stumble, right? We stumble and we go after that temptation, and God is grace, gracious towards us, and he offers us that grace. And that's what we're talking about again here today is God's grace. And we're going to talk about something that God's grace affords us. And it is the ability to be adopted as his children into his family. And so that's our principle for today. God has adopted us as his children through our faith in Christ. My friends, you are a child of God. And the question for us this morning is, are you living your life like that is true? One of the greatest preachers of all time, Charles Spurgeon, he lived a life of depression. But Charles Spurgeon was able to have victory, well, victory in Jesus. He was able to have victory over his depression. That doesn't mean that he was able to get rid of the depression and, and not have it in his life, but he was able to have it in his life, but not allow it to stop him from doing the things that God wanted him to do. That is how we can have victory over these things that are in our life, these burdens and these difficulties and these ailments. We don't let them hold us down, but we use them as fuel and for our testimony and our experience, and we allow God to continue to use us in, his, in our lives. 
So we are children of God. And let's look at Galatians chapter 4, starting with verse 1. We're going to go through, uh, through verse 7 there, and it reads like this. Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. So also we, while we were children, we were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. And that's what we're discussing here this morning, folks, that we are sons and daughters. We are children of God. So adoption is another benefit of God's grace and it is much more than being accepted as God's child through faith in Christ. It also means being set free from spiritual captivity. All humans are held as slaves to the debt we owe because of our sin and we are captive to the consequences that our sin brings. And you could say that before we were children of God, we were children in bondage. But before we get to that point, I want to answer one important question. Are all people children of God? It's a very popular idea to say that all people are children of God, and we would like to think that. But is that true? It is true. That we're all created by God. And it is true that we are all made in the image of God. And it is true that God loves all people. And it is also true that all people are invited into a personal relationship with God to be his child. However, that's where the truth stops. The Bible teaches us very clearly and the Lord says it in his word. That it's those who demonstrate love for God by surrendering pride and committing to Christ. Those are the children of God. John 1.12 But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. And as you see in that verse, there's two conditions to become a child of God, to receive the right to become a child of God. Number one, you have to receive him. But as many as received him. What does it mean to receive him? The word in the Greek, receive, indicates that it means to take hold of Jesus. You have to take hold of him, grab onto him, and bring him into your life. Invite him in and receive him into your life. And then a second condition is to believe in his name, to trust and to commit to Jesus and Jesus alone to put your faith in him for your eternal salvation as Lord and Savior, him and him alone, no others, only Jesus, a monogamous relationship monogamous spiritual relationship with christ no one nothing else 
Jesus and Jesus alone. Those two conditions right there allow you the right to become a child of God. Now, Jesus made it very clear to the Jews of his time that because they were not putting faith in God, but into their system of their own man-made laws, that they were not children of God. But John 8, 44, he said, you are of your father, the devil. And 1 John 3, 8 says that the one who practices sin, the one who makes sin a way of life, is the one who is of the devil. The the Holy Spirit that God gives us when we put our faith in Christ convicts us of our sin. And so someone who's a child of God cannot live a life of sin habitually because they will be convicted of the sinful things in their life and they will want to stop those things because they will have a love for God that will want them to stop those things. That's what love is. When you know you're hurting someone you love, you want to stop. And that's why children of God don't live lives in habitual sin because they want to show their love for God. So you could say that before we were children of God, we were children of bondage. What were we in bondage to? Well, we were slaves to sin and we were slaves to the law. John 8 34 says this, Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin and that would be you and that would be me we have all committed sin and therefore we have all been made slaves to sin now david king david himself said this in psalm 51 5 behold i was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me we have all been born into sin it started way back in the garden of eden when Adam and Eve sinned, they ate from the tree that God asked them not to after he had created this magnificent, beautiful creation. And he set them inside and said, here, enjoy, but don't do this one thing. And lo and behold, they went and they did it. And sin entered into the world. And you and I and all mankind since that time has been born into the curse of sin. We have all have an inclination to sin and a good ability to be able to sin. It comes natural for us to sin. And so we are all enslaved to sin. And we're all enslaved to sin because it carries a debt that you and I cannot pay. There is nothing that you and I could do to break the chains of our sin. It encaptured us. It instilled us. And it was with us. And there was nothing we could do to get away from it. We needed the help. Of someone we needed someone to pay that debt for us you know years ago <clears throat> I was leaving work it was late in the afternoon and I was exiting the building and there was a revolving door and I swiped my badge and I stepped into the revolving door and as I stepped into the revolving door the revolving door stopped revolving and there I was stuck in a revolving door there by myself alone with no one to help me it was a glass revolving door so I sat there with my arms folded and thought well I'll just wait for someone to walk by several minutes went by and no one had come to my rescue and I gave the door a little nudge and I gave it a little harder nudge and that thing wasn't gonna budge and I said well I surely don't want to break this glass 
Uh, who knows, that might cost me my job, right? So I didn't want to go down that route. So I was, so I was resigned to the idea that I'm going to have to wait for someone to help me. I was in the midst of this revolving door, and I was helpless. I needed someone to walk by to see me in my time of need and to help me. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ has done for us. He has seen us in our time of need. There was no way we could pay the debt of sin. And he took compassion upon us. And he gave himself for us. And he opened the door. And he said, you are no longer a slave to sin through your faith in me. My blood washes you clean and you have been set free. And if the sun sets you free, my friends, you are free indeed. You know, while I was in that revolving door, I could see my reflection in the glass. And I was standing there and I had my plastic little Walmart bag that contained a Tupperware that had my lunch. That's how I carry my lunch to work every day in a plastic whatever Walmart Kroger bag and I knew that I couldn't get out on my own and I was looking at my reflection in a glass and I was thinking you got yourself into something here no way out and I knew that I needed someone's help and so I was looking at my reflection knowing I was helpless and it's the same thing with the law because we are a slave to sin, we are also a slave to the law. And the law tells us and reveals to us a reflection back to us that you are unable to keep this law. You are unable to keep the commandments of God. The commandments of God reveal to us a holy and righteous way of living. It's a perfect way of living. And you and I are unable to keep that. We stumble and we fall short. And the Bible says, if you're guilty and stumble at keeping one point of the law, you are guilty of the entire law. And so the law reflects back to us our inability to keep the law and our need for salvation and a need for a Savior. And Jesus Christ came at our moment of need and he fulfilled that need he said i will save you from your sin and i will save you from the law you are no longer a slave to anything but you are free through your faith in jesus christ for a, christ gives us freedom and it says this in john 8 36 so if the son makes you free you will be free indeed and what does it mean to have freedom in Christ it means this it means that you can sever all ties to your former life there is nothing there that will hold you back can hold you down you are a new creation a new being in Jesus Christ your life is now hidden in him you have a new life you have a new family and you have a father in heaven who accepts you as his child, who adopts you into his family. And we are no longer children in bondage because we have been set free by our faith in Christ. But now we are children of promise. I told you last week that the 
purpose of the book of Galatians, this letter to these churches, is because Jews had infiltrated the churches. They had distorted the truth of the gospel, and they had led the Galatian churches to believe a gospel that was untrue. They went into the region, and they began to tell of a gospel that was false. And they said this, it's not only faith in Christ that you need, but you need to first become descendants of Abraham. And you do that by keeping the law of Moses, which was the Jewish Old Testament law, and you also need to be circumcised. So they were putting these other conditions upon their spiritual faith. And they were saying, no, 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 no. It's not just faith in Christ alone. You also have to do this, this, and that. And so Paul said, no, that's not true. You are already descendants of Abraham. And he explained it like this. He said, Jesus is the seed of Abraham. And if we trace Jesus's lineage back, and it's in the book of Matthew and in the book of Luke, we trace it back. It shows that Jesus comes from the lineage of Abraham. And because Jesus comes from the lineage of Abraham, he is the seed. God made a promise to Abraham. He said, you will be the father of many descendants, as numerous as the stars in the sky and as numerous as the sand that is on the seashore. And from you and your descendants will all be blessed. All the nations of the world will be blessed in you. And Jesus Christ is that promised seed. And so God looked at Abraham and he counted Abraham's faith as righteousness to Abraham. And he looked at Abraham and he said, you are a righteous man, not because you follow a set of rules or because you've done anything in particular that's special, but because you believe in me. Salvation has always been from the very beginning through faith and the promise that God will send a savior. And so you and I are descendants of Abraham through our faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus perfectly fulfilled the Jewish law. He perfectly fulfilled all of the commands. Therefore, there's no need for you and I to follow any of that because Jesus did it on our behalf. And when we put our faith in Jesus, you and I become the seed of Christ and the seed of Abraham. Jesus is everything we need faith and trust in Jesus alone is everything we need you are fully and completely saved through your faith in Jesus Christ you are washed clean and you are set free there is nothing you need to add to that nothing at all just faith in Jesus Christ genuine trust in him so i want you to all take a deep breath and relax because you don't have to work to get to heaven you just have to have faith and let the spirit of god work in you that you will live a life that's honoring and pleasing to god so we are children of a promise and we are descendants of Abraham through our faith in Christ and because we are children of the promise we are children of God we have been adopted into the family 
of God. What does it mean to be adopted into God's family? It means this. God brings us into his family and he provides for all of our needs and he makes us heirs of his kingdom. I heard a story from a friend of mine. He said that he had recently received a knife from his father. He said they were sitting at a kitchen table and his father got up from the table, went back into the bedroom and he came back out with this knife. And it wasn't a very, uh, a knife that would take your breath away through its beauty or catch the attention of your eyes. It was just an, an old knife. It was still in good shape and it was functional. And his father laid the knife on the kitchen table. And he said, his father told him, that knife has had all the hands on it. All the hands have touched that knife. And his dad said to him, your grandfather had that knife. Your great-grandfather had that knife. Give it to your grandfather. Your grandfather gave it to me. And now I'm giving it to you. A family heirloom. You know, when you give a sentimental gift like that, it's like giving a piece of yourself. You know, God has a family heirloom that he gives to us. And he gives us a piece of himself. And that piece is called the Holy Spirit. You and I are given the Holy Spirit when we are adopted as children into God's family. Let's look at what it says in Galatians 4, 6. It says this, Because you are sons... God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. You are in the family and you have been given a family heirloom and that is the very Holy Spirit of God. The spirit of his son is just another way of saying the spirit of God and the Holy Spirit. You have that inside you through your faith in Jesus Christ. It is there because it is a promise of God. And you won't lose it neither. He has given it to you. He has entrusted it to you. And because you're given the Holy Spirit and you're given that family heirloom, you are adopted into his family and you are also made an heir of God. And I have to say H-E-I-R, heir. Sometimes you may say a mistake, not an heir, like a baseball goes between the third baseman's legs, right? But an heir, H-E-I-R. You are in the family. You are in the will of God. Look at what it says in Galatians 4, 7. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. You know, it's very interesting because God never dies. And typically, in order to receive something out of a will, you, that person would die. And then you would receive what it is that they left to you. But we receive what God gives us at the moment that we trust and believe in the Lord. 
At the moment that we surrender our pride to him and acknowledge that we have a need for our spiritual salvation, Jesus comes into our life. The Holy Spirit is given to us and we are made heirs right there at that point in time. Everything that God has now belongs to us. We take ownership of it then. And you say, well, Nick, you know, have you seen what goes on in my life? It certainly doesn't look like I have ownership of what God has. Well, my friends here on this earth, there are things that we do experience that show that God has given us what he has. We've experienced a whole lot of God's goodness. We have experienced a whole lot of God's mercy. We have experienced a whole lot of God's grace. You know it's a gracious act of God that you're able to breathe right now. That you're able to suck oxygen into your nose and your mouth and to breathe carbon dioxide back out. That's an act of mercy and grace. You are not entitled to suck the oxygen out of this room. That is not your right to do that. God allows you to do that through an act of mercy and grace. We have experienced a lot of love by God on our time here on this earth. But my friends, there is so much more to experience. We'll go to the Bible and we're going to look at some of these things that God has promised to leave to us. I am going to get a go to Revelation chapter 21. And we're going to look at two verses. And it's going to be verse 3 and verse 4. This is what you and I have to look forward to. Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men and he will dwell among them. God will dwell among us, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. I can't wait to live among God. I can't wait to be there with him. Verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Are you ready and anxious to be done with sadness, guilt, shame, depression, anxiety, all of the struggles of this world, all of the things and the burdens that come upon us at any particular time and cause us to have pain in our lives? God is going to wipe away every tear. What a great promise. What a great thing to look forward to. Now that is something to receive in a will. And there will be no longer any death. There will be no death. People will not die in heaven. There will be life and life abundantly. There will be no longer any mourning or crying, or pain, the first things have passed away. All of those things 
that we try to avoid will be wiped away and gone. God has promised you and I a future in the heavens with him. And he has turned it over to us right now. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life because of your faith in Jesus Christ. And all of the promises that I just read are given to you. They are yours. You have them. Take them. Embrace them. Accept them. And live your life victorious in Jesus in this moment now. Because the life that you have to look forward to in the future is one free of all of the things that are burdening you now. God is a good father. You know, on this Mother's Day, we want to remember mothers. And we want to remember what they do in our lives and the goodness they bring. But we also want to remember the God who created them. And that is the loving Father in heaven who is ready to adopt you as his child through your faith in his son. Will you bow your heads for prayer? Our Father in heaven, you are a loving and compassionate Father and you freely offer adoption as your children into your family and as heirs to your kingdom. Maybe you are here today and you don't have a heavenly father. Maybe you don't have a spiritual family. Maybe you want to be adopted as God's child here today. You can ask him right now, right where you're at. Your entire eternity can be changed. Will you ask God to adopt you as his child? Will you sincerely ask him to receive you into his family and to make you an heir of his kingdom? You can ask him right now. Just say, dear Lord, please make me your child. I put my trust and my faith in Jesus Christ. I believe he's your son. I believe he died for my sin. I believe he was buried and rose again. I believe these things, Lord, please forgive me and accept me as your child. And I will love you the way that you love me. You can pray that prayer now and become God's child. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are so willing to offer opportunities like this at any moment that you are no respecter of persons and that you show no partiality. Everyone in here comes from a different background and different experiences, yet you are willing to look past those things and to accept us as your children through faith in Jesus Christ. We don't have to be ashamed of who we are or what we've done because you're not ashamed of us but you want us and you desire us. And Father God, great is your name and great is your love. You are the one true and living God and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Thank you for listening to the Sunday message by Pastor Nick Stringer at Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. For more information, you can go to www.creekside-church.org and find us on the website. Once again, you've been listening to the Sunday message with Pastor Nick Stringer.